Okay, so we're holding in Parakid Zion of Sister Sharon. We're speaking about the ways that a person can acquire Tara. We're holding the second paragraph, where he describes how a person does that. And it says, Just like we spoke about how a person can purify their thoughts into two different parts, in two different areas. One is regarding physical actions. When it comes to avoida, and as a person serves Hashem. So when a person can retire the way he does things which are physical, and a person can be retired his avoida Hashem. And kind of eon, closer, is Same thing, the eon, which a person needs in order to be a kind of um, that tara is broken into two, two parts. One connected the way a person is retired his machshava, when it, comes, when it comes to physical things, one where a person ties Mashava when it comes to Avaida. Let's just read the few, two or three lines and explain the, the underlying concept. So it says, When a person wants to metize Mashava regarding physical things, the way to do that is to focus and to repeatedly focus on the emptiness of this world and its pleasures. And that's why if a person is looking to overcome uh, whatever negative time there is, when it comes to physical things that he has to do, the, what the person needs to emphasize and remind himself always is the emptiness of that. And the second part, which is to retire the in the Maisa so which is the second part, how a person is retired is Mashav when it comes to Avedis Hashem. Yarvis Menenusa al Tarmis Akovid Uksava. A person should be misbehaving on the treachery of Kovid, of wanting Kovid, and why is it treacherous, why is it a Tarmis? Because it basically distracts the person from uh, from what he's meant to be doing. The Yargil Atzmeli Brechimen, therefore, a person should train himself to run away from it. And then Oz, Yinaki, Besav Vidasai, replaced the Shaykhara to Hilasha Yarub Nyadam. Then when a person is doing a mitzvah, so then he has the, he's fortified himself to avoid the praise or the the shevach, the, the the way that people uh, consider him to be important, or the praise that they give him. And once he can do that, and then when a person can do that, then his thoughts turn to to Hashem, only to Hashem. Because that's the real tear, that's the real praise. Who called to Venu? That's our good and our shameless. We have a silasi, the Khaina Sekha, Huerekaho. What's the instruction trying to say? So there's two points. The first point he said is that Tyra, like he said beforehand, Tyra comes from Tyra Salef. And we spoke about beforehand how a person has to like mobilize their heart also in Avaris Hashem. And not just using your heart to make them do things in the way of And what do we call the, the way that mobilizes the heart? So we said that's the Taras and Makshava, which is the feeling of of dedicating what we're doing only to what Hashem wants as being, as being something a person works on. And what's the way to do that? What's the way to do that? So that's the Chiddush. Let me see here in the Shashan. The way to do that is to take away the alternative. Mm-hmm. Take away the alternatives. 
So we're talking about something which would be involving a physical action. If a person can talk, can focus on the Christmas oil, and therefore I don't get any uh, feeling of satisfaction or enjoyment or interest out of the physical action, so then it takes away the negative distraction which there could be in something physical which would stop me thinking from doing this for the right reason, for Hashem. And we're doing something which isn't physical, so there isn't necessarily a physical reason, but then it would replaced by feelings of COVID. And I'm thinking about other people thinking about me, or my social standing, or the prestige it's going to give me. And then that also works as a distraction from the real Torah. And the person who's able to overcome the distractions is Echel to Torah. And that's a big Kiddush. That's a big Kiddush. It's like kind of a Surmeira. That if a person takes away the areas which are going to affect them, so then they're going to be Zechut to, so to speak, to the the Yichud Hashem, which is a direct correction for doing something, because uh, in Mela, he hasn't he has taken away all the other reasons why a person would want to do something for, so that becomes the result. Which is more we spoke about, and we spoke about pressures. And the way to push it was to detach oneself from all these negative things. And the Mashmos is tired to step above that. So the answer here is, we can say it in the simple words of the Rambam, but we can explain it a bit deeper after that. And that is what the Rambam says, that Ba'atzim, we're talking that Christ shall have an underlying reason to do Ratzon Hashem. Underlining? An underlying drive to do Ratzon Hashem. It comes from the Neshama that we have, it comes from uh, maybe the Schos of the Avos, but there's an underlying subliminal rotten that every Jew has to return Hashem. The only problem is that it's very much in the subconscious. And other things which are which are more prominent in a person's feelings or a person's mind are going to overshadow it. And the understanding therefore is that when a person can either distract or remove the other factors which will be on their mind for doing something, so this level of Torah is going to come back. And the level of Torah is going to come back because it's really there. The Ram famously is talking about a get, and he says if a man doesn't want to give his wife a get, and really, we would just, Halachi is that he's going to give a get. But it's only if he chooses to do that. So Ram says famously, the reason why we can be quiet for him, we can force him to do it, is because whatever the other reason would be why he didn't want to do it, was just interfering with what his real Ratzon is, and if we can remove the, exter- the external uh, factor, which is what's preventing him doing the right thing, so then you say it's the Ritzayna. Then you'll say that really what he's doing by giving a get, what he wanted to do, because the deep down the Ratzon of a person, or he's of a Jew, is to do Ritzayna Now, that tells us not just a rule in the first of being quite for a person to do Ritzayna, that tells us the Ritzayna as well. And that is that a person doesn't have to create that Ratzon. If it, had, if it had to be that a person would have to create the Ratzon in a person to do something, so then you can force him as much as you want, it's not going to work. And I can prove it from a Gemara. The Gemara is talking about when forcing somebody to do something, um, has enough, it works, halachically, and when forcing somebody to do something, it doesn't work, halachically. So, and that's not to be let's maybe just digress for a few minutes to learn the Sugim of Basra. And the Gemara in the Chandara talks about the Sugya. The Gemara talks about when can you be quite for somebody to do something legally in many terms. And basically the Gemara says that there's a big difference between the terminology of the Gemara, what's called Tolyuhu Vazavi, and what's called Tolyuhu Vyayv. 
Failure of absorbing means I'm going to force you to do something and then under duress you're going to sell it to me. Failure of means I'm going to force you to give it to me. And the Gemara is Nukhali. The Gemara says if a person forces somebody to give something to them, it doesn't work. Really, they didn't, they didn't have intended to give it. If I did it under duress, I want it back again. And Pesno will uphold that. Whereas if it comes with Failure of absorbing, which means you force me to sell it to you, so then the Gemara says I have no recourse to the base to get it back again. Why? Lashna Gemara, because Agav answers is Makni is common Makni. Now the difference between the two cases. In both cases it was Tadu. In both cases you strung me up until I did it. So what's the difference if you strung me up until I sold it, or you strung me up until I gave it to you? So for so I'm going to tell you the same thing. I didn't want to do it. You forced me. I did it under duress. So why in one case does that does that work as an argument? to undo what was done, in other case it doesn't. And this is the same story we just mentioned. The answer is because when it's Talia of Zavin, Zavin means that you've told me, you forced me to sell it to you. Now, a person is willing to sell something. If I'm getting a fair price for it, so it's not that I would never sell. I just normally don't want to sell because other circumstances why I want to keep it. But if, if, if in circumstances where I have to, so then I would agree to sell. A person isn't uh, against selling at any price. A person normally doesn't want to sell because they would rather keep what they have and whatever their cheshman financially is going to be. But uh, if, if the circumstances were such that I'd have to sell it, so then I, I would be willing to sell something. And so now you've just created the, comp- the, the compelling circumstances for me to, uh, to sell it, if you're giving me a fair price for it. So I can't say it's something that I never wanted to do. But normally I wouldn't want to do it, in the circumstances I did. Whereas if a person is going to force me to give them for free, then there was never a reason to give my things away for free. I never had a habit of doing that, I definitely didn't want to do that. And if that's the case, the fact that you forced me doesn't create a rotten. Then I didn't want to do it, you forced me to do it. Then I have a right to come back to Basin. I did something I was forced to do, I didn't want to do that. And that's the issue we're talking about here as well. The issue we're talking about here as well is that if there wouldn't be that internal, that deep down rotten to do something, then the fact that you force a person means that uh, I don't have a choice. I was forced to do something I didn't want to do. But it's never going to be something I want to do. Because there's no rotten that it's coming from. Whereas in a case where you force a person to do something which they really do want to do, so that you force me to do what he wants. Uh, if a person doesn't want to do something, even if they force us, they don't want to do it. If a person doesn't want to do something, but deep down he really does, then if you force him, okay, so he's not so against it, because really it's not a bad thing. For example, so this is from the Ingratia, um to complain from Chavez, that uh, he has a complaint, his wife's forcing him to exercise. So, just uh, 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 for Torah so I just I kind of commiserated with him. I said, but look, at the end of the day, you really want to exercise, right? It's not the end of the world. So it's just, you, you didn't want to do it, but now, now it's not someone pushing you to do it, so you're actually happy doing it. And you agree with me. So that's the case of someone who really would want to do something. It's just, no, whatever factors are interfere. But if you force me to do it, so I'm not completely against it. Whereas if a person really, really didn't want to do something, the fact that you force them to do it is not going to make them want to do it. They still don't want to do it. And that's the over here. But at some we're starting with Hanakha that a person wants to be told. And we're starting with Hanakha that a person really wants to serve Hashem. And that's the case. The only problem is that there's something interfering with me. It's something which is either distracting me or interfering with me or diverting my attention. And therefore, if I'm able to take away all those distractions, so then I come back to the point where a person really wants to serve Hashem. 
I mean, he says, a person to be koine tara, I don't have to koine the concept of tara. It's really there. It's there, but it's distracted by, or it's, uh, it's not, not covered over by, concealed by other reasons I have as well. And if I just look at other reasons, automatically the tara is going to be there. And that's why it says, when it comes to mice and gufni, physical things that a person has to do, if a person is able to do it with a, with the worldview or the focus of the chrysos, how, how much it's, how unimportant it is, and how much I don't appreciate, I don't enjoy physical things, so automatically I've taken away that level of the distraction. And when it comes to my avoiding, a person manages to, uh, to overlook or overcome the cover that the person thinks he's getting or thinks people are giving him, which is the, so to speak, the Yetzara factor of what a person does in the Rukhni sense. So I managed to overcome it, then naturally I'll come back to the I'll come back to the the, the, the feeling of doing it for Hashem. And he made it in the Ahbat to the Torah. And that's why he says, when a person is knocky from feeding of the one the, the ones the praise of people, so then automatically then his mashaba is pointed be yechudana. Then automatically his mashaba reverts back to thinking about Hashem. Right, so that's the, the first point of Knesset Satara. The first point of Knesset Satara is that, that the awareness that it's really there, and it's just a question of taking away the distractions which stop us thinking about it, and imagine we can come back to that point as well. There's a certain Aymak which we're approaching to over here, and that's what we mean when we say Bechol Lebavcha. The person who serves Hashem Bechol Lebavcha, and we know that the Mephoshim explained Bechol Lebavcha, that refers to Bechol Lebavcha, that Bechol and there's always the famous question, how do you serve Hashem with the Yetzirah? I mean, the Chara, the Yetzirah is working against serving Hashem. So what does it mean? That a person can serve Hashem with both the Tzarim. And uh, let us explain what it means. Not that I'm serving Hashem with the Yetzirah, but I'm serving Hashem when I, by dealing with the Yetzirah. And therefore the idea of serving Hashem has two parts to it. It's, it's both by overcoming the Yetzirah and by working with the Yetzirah too. It's not I'm focusing on one without the other one. And here we see a part of that. The idea of of avoider, which a person works in trying to uh, detach the Yetzirah element, the part which should make him uh, look for distraction, look for other 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 reasons for what I do, is the Yetzirah. And, and working on that, to to distance myself or to detach myself from it is really a way to become because once that's no longer a factor, so then automatically a person is going to connect, reconnect, or feel more connected to Hakadosh Baruch So that's the first point he talks about as the derech of the to acquire Tara, and as derech of to acquire Tara is to is to work on taking away any outside. Ulterior reason the person's what they do because when that's no longer something that they think about, automatically their thoughts will revert back to Akadish Baraka. That's the that's the first point. Now, the second point says, There's a second area which can train a person to come to to the middle of Tyra. And who has one of the different mitzvahs? That is the husband, the, the fact that a person prepares themselves 
That's and that affects the person's ability to, so to speak, to focus his thoughts on the mitzvah. The mitzvah gets done without thought. And he has been asked to do Rather, the way to the mitzvah is to prepare himself. And the action. And then when it comes to his feelings, he should prepare his feelings slowly. Actually, he can't his until he has a chance to think about it. And when a person thinks about what they're going to do, but if Naomi is in front of who he's doing announcing things for Hashem, then it's easier for a person in that state of focus, in that state of concentration, to do a mitzvah with the right intention. Because I've prepared myself for it mentally, shall I be concept when a person goes into that thought process, it's much easier for him to detach himself from ulterior reasons. And in place of that, you can focus on the correct kavana, which a person is meant to have. So when a person spends time before they do the mitzvah on channeling their thoughts to doing it for the man Hashem, so then it's easier to actually carry it out like that. When a person does a mitzvah without preparing what they're thinking about, so then it becomes automatically something which doesn't have a connection to the the focus the person is meant to have. That's the eighteenth Shishayim. And the question is, it hasn't really given us what to do. It's just given, given us what needs to be done. In other words, if a person is misfoyed, like he says, on the on what he's doing and who he's doing it for, then it will be easier for him to have kabbalah. He doesn't explain just the way a person sleeps when he's on it. Somebody says afterwards, Materish Achasir or Rishonim, or Yishonim Shah Achas Kalim Tirasam, Akram Spalim. Gmarit and Brahms talks about Achasirim or Rishonim. We were much the early level of the big Tzadikim. We used to take and took him out to prepare himself for Davani. Before they davened, Wahakadash Yachab and Libim Lamakam. What does it mean, Yachab and Libim Lamakam? It wasn't a waste of an hour. But rather, means they prepared their feelings for what they're going to do. And they will also use the time to push away any negative thoughts. And the third point is they use the time to fill themselves, so to speak, to uh, connect to the year and Avas Hashem which I needed to have, and only then they were able to daven. And the, the, the advantage of davening in such a state was it was easier for them to come to daven. Because since they spent time removing themselves from any external thoughts and focusing on their awareness Hashem and directing the thoughts to Shemayim, so man, now when you're actually going to daven, it's going to be a much better Twitter. When it's talking about this, Eo's friends asked him if he davened. They didn't just say, did you daven? They asked him, did you prepare your heart and then daven? In other words, uh, 
this is teaching us, the importance of the person first, preparing your thoughts before you die. You know, it's one of the things that uh, the Mashkikim always like to point out, and sadly they're 100% right. And that is, people like to bemoan the fact that today we are much less, we seem to be in a much lower darga in anything than in previous days. Whether it comes to our davening, whether it comes to our knowledge of Torah, whether it comes to our memory of Torah, and we blame the door. You know, we're in a door which is such a weak door, we're in a door which is such a low door, we're in a door which is uh, so unable to achieve anything of value. So we blame the door for all our failings. And the Balimus always point out that it's basically a, an excuse. To blame the door for things we're doing wrong is an excuse. Because then we don't feel bad about it. It's not our fault. This is, it's the Dora's fault. We, we happen to have never been in such a generation. Yeah, we would have been in a different generation. Oh, we would have been such a big tzaddikim. But then we have the handicap of the, of the generation we're in. And like I said, it's used as a, uh, as a way to shift responsibility from ourselves. Because there are some things which might be told in the dark. But the reason we aren't Matzliach as previous Dora's has very little to do with the dark and very much to do with us. And just as an example, it's not a question of spiritual ability. It's a question of what people did. And uh, if, we, if, if we're not doing, doing what they did, then we can't expect to have the results that they had. So, for example, um, I heard from one of the Chashev Rosh Hashivas, very nifty, about 20 years ago. But uh, once we really asked him, which I used to like asking the older Shivas, I met as a block of this question, and that is, what way do you think the Torah that you grew up in was different to the Torah today? So what he answered me was, uh, like he said, in the yeshiva, in the yeshivas he learned in, which I think was the point of it just after it opened, when the yeshivas he learned in, he said, so Barakim used to learn, seven days a week. Of course, they, there was a Shabbos, there was uh, a longer davening, and Shabbos service and everything else, but besides that, there was regular study. He said, today, so Barakim learned from Sunday morning till Thursday afternoon. And then the weekends, it's like time off. So the question, before you talk about anything else, you're learning a third less time. You're learning four and a half and five, five days out of seven. So you, regardless of how well you're learning or how much you're, you're doing a third less, so automatically you're going to achieve a third less, have a third less time. Similarly, we're going to talk about uh, how much people remember today. And also it's always been mind as, oh, it's sort of the dark, the people don't remember what they learned. It has very little to do with the door and much more to do with the way people learn. It's uh, always told over the story that when the Chaim Velazhina first went to Vilnagan, so he was already an accomplished Talmud Chachem, but he heard the, of the greatest of the gods who came to meet him. So he prefaced what he wanted to say, that he, has, he wanted to ask the guy a few questions and say the might. So he said, by way of introduction, but I feel bad that I'm not completely clear and say the might because I've only learned it 17 times. So the guy looks at him and said, if you only learned it 17 times, why do you expect to be clear on it? And that's what made him into Palmer of the God. That like awareness of like what, 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 what a person is meant to know, or meant to learn, or meant to chazan. Now, I told the story in Yeshivas many times. And the shock on Bachman's face is very similar to the shock on the God's face when he heard 17 times. And I told the Bachman, that he had learned certain words 17 times, before he went to talk to the guy in the learning, and the shock is 17 times, like, 
who learns anything 17 times? And uh, so that's a good opening to ask the question. Okay, so how many times do you learn? And if you get more than two, you do one. Sometimes it's one, one time. What the Chazara is, two. And the people guys think they've done more than enough. More than two times, that's really unusual. And even if it is, it's going to be three, four, maybe. To find more than that, very unlikely. Very unlikely. And you want to ask the question, if Rechayi Vedoshan needed 17 times, and it makes sense, it wasn't yet clear. So then, people who do Chazara once, twice, if at all, so there are any questions why they're not clear, it's nothing to do with the dark, it's going to do with how you know. He knows the Chazara, of course you're not going to know. And not only that, the Vilna one, what did he held is part of the Gemara. And the Gemara says that you see when in the Mari learns a new din, it comes three or four times in chest, the Chazala Arboim Zimne, they went over it 40 times. So you see that less than 40 times is the Amorim themselves didn't think they were going to remember anything. Now we're talking about the Amorim of 1500 years ago. And it was taken for granted, you're talking about great people, Rach and Rav, whatever it was, that not, you don't say Rach 40 times, also not going to remember. So then, we definitely don't think we're greater than Amaram today. And if they need it 40 times, so then, but it's nah, 40 times, two, twice, once, twice, three times I'm done. Of course he's not going to know, that's nothing to do with the door. That's not the way to learn. And the same thing which you say applies to Hasmada, applies to the Tzuras Alimud, applies to Tfila as well. The other, the other focus which uh, people always say that we've lost so much on is what Tfila is meant to be, what Dabra is meant to look like. And the answer isn't the dog, the answer is us. And uh, the first point, which is brought, he's quoted here, Agab, and this is also brought in the is that a person should be Yishev if Neshe Yispada. If there's a four person Davin, you should stop and think. I went to Davin, and collect your thoughts, and prepare to Davin. And uh, we're talking about Tanoi, they, they did it for an hour. If you're talking about people today, Again, Revolve in the Muslim Vadim and Tfilah, he says people should spend one minute before davening, just thinking about the Tfilah and going to daven, and guys had a vamish a hard time doing it. Most people either they close the safe for the second chazan and it says Varachim, or they're running into Shul and just catching a barakal. But, uh, so well, what do you expect Tfilah is going to be? Like Mr. Sharm said, the person does a pet of Pitta and they're just like racing to Tfilah, what's not going to have I never had a chance to think. And if, it's, if the Tanoim needed an hour to prepare themselves for Shemineser, so then we don't expect Hashemineser to be anything remarkable if we didn't prepare at all. And then again, it's not to do with the door, it's going to do with us. Uh, we, we're just not doing it right. Uh, like I said, I've always told people, never mind the hour, one minute. One minute. Make a point of being in Shul, ready to daven, a minute before Tvila. No, not to suck and not to chaperan Shemineser, and not to look up something at the time while I'm waiting, just to focus on the fact that I'm going to daven. Exactly what Mr. Shem just said to And that is, Yasmin Asmin Adavar, Biyachinim Vimitun, Ayachikan is responding to this, but always responding to Mao Vayach Tasis, but if Naomi Vayach Tasis. Exactly what Mr. Shem said. Collect your thoughts. Think what I'm going to do, what am I going to do, who am I speaking to, how am I preparing myself to speak to him. And just that small thing which of one minute is going to make a difference to him. That's already something of a hachan. Whereas the person is a zero. It's a, the davening is. Uh, from when I open the Siddha and start talking until I finish, then of course, there's an, then you may, there's not going to be any taken. He said it himself. A person does something when ain't died to me, Shavis or love. If a person does something without 
connecting his thoughts and thinking what I'm going to do is going to be something which is done without thought. It's going to be done something which is done without thinking, without concentration. And then it ruins the filler. And then it ruins the filler. And therefore the second point, we just started the first and we'll finish tomorrow, but the second point that the the Shoyim says is the way to be kind of Tyra is to to uh, invest the time of preparing oneself to think in that direction, to, to, to develop thoughts of Tyra. That's the that's the second important Nakoda, and that's what Tyra is dependent on. If you're going to prepare your 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 feelings, then afterwards you dive into Hashem. Then there's a the feelings behind what your person diving for. But without that, so then then that's missing. If that's missing, then then the tefillah is going to be a tefillah without that left. That's the second mahalach of Tara, which is the preparation of the thoughts that the person can do beforehand, which when he does something enables him to. To really do it based on what he was thinking already. And this is finished with the last point, the logic in that. And that is, exterior thoughts come because a person wasn't focusing on one thing. When a person's focused on what they're doing, so then it's much harder, it's, uh, they're much more direct, their thoughts are much more directed to something, other things don't interfere with them so much. But if a person isn't thinking anything in particular, so then it's much easier for other thoughts to, to fill, the, so to speak, the empty cavity of thought. And therefore, if a person's thought in the rush, and I'm playing myself, and I wouldn't say it's what I'm going to think, it's not going to be happen, and I have it all set up in my mind, and now I'm going to go and do it. So it's coming from that focus, which makes, which starts from the place that my mind is much more directed and much more engaged, it's much harder for other things to interfere with that. If a person does something in a way which they, they weren't the thoughts, so I'm just in a vacuum. And then automatically, other, the person thinks other things which are going to interfere with, with what the Machshav is meant to be, and ruin the tire of what he's doing.